appreciate it. I've got something to say to Aaron. You funny, funny man. That was hilarious, wasn't it? Okay. Wow. So good to be together. It's a super Sunday. Yeah. If uh, we could put the song, uh, the one that started with Holy Spirit, I Have Many Questions. If we could put the lyrics up there. I want to just comment on that because it really tied in with what God was saying through the prophetic words. Johnny wrote this song, and um, as we were singing it, I was crying uh, because it's a perfect prayer song. You know, a lot of people feel that prayer people or God's people or people that they know what's up all the time and they never live in questions. I really don't think something is a faith move unless it's replete, accompanied with doubt. The only time I never doubted when, when I was fully deceived. How many remember that investment that you just knew was going to make you all that money? And you went and put a bunch of money and lost it all. But you never had any doubt. The devil will sometimes seduce you into doing things and you don't even doubt it until later. But it seems like everything that God does in your life comes with doubt there. Is, is Jesus the son of God? Will God hear my prayer? Will he deliver me? And when you read the Psalms, you see that that a real human was dialoguing about life's processes. And David had some really horrible psalms where he wanted to dash people, hurt people, run them over. Um, Why have you forsaken us, Lord? And then, but he would usually end them with praise at the end. But God, I thank you for who you are and, and the things that you've done. This song, as we were listening, Holy Spirit, I have so many questions. Keep going. But I know that you have all of the answers. Holy Spirit, you promised you would lead us in all truth to Jesus. Jesus, Savior, I know that you are with me. Can you sense prayer here? In in the chaos, your word will never fail me. I want you to pause here because that's not how the song's going to end. That's not how prayer ends. We work from chaos to victory where we know it's ours. That's called rhema. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. A rhema is when God's word is quickened to you. It's not the same scripture when it says that man will live by every uh, word. That's the word rhema in, in Greek, as opposed to uh, the other Greek word, which would be logos, and then there's another one that's for scripture. But we need a word from the Lord, don't we? How many of you know that you live your life in real time? There's no boilerplate people here. Well, they're just a regular American. What's a regular American? How many of you know there are ups and downs in everybody's life? There's challenges, there's career changes, there's financial challenges, there's health challenges. I don't know about you, but I think I need to stay in touch with the one that can help me watch this all the time. In the chaos, your word will never fail me. Jesus, Savior, you promised to be with us. 
forever and always. We worship you, almighty God. Uh-oh, we're shifting gears here. Not focusing just on panic and crisis, but mm, how many of you know this is how the Holy Spirit works your prayer? We start from crisis. If we, if we never get to victory in our prayer, we're not understanding what prayer does. Prayer will take you from chaos to confidence. We worship you, faithful friend. The God who never fails. That's a faith affirmation. Next. Abba, Father, how could we not worship after all that your mercy has accomplished? I mean, it's like David wrote this song. Well, the, how many of you know the same spirit that, that filled David also fills Johnny and whoever else writes? Abba, Father, we know that you are working. Uh, you're working out all things for our good. Now, you have to have a little word in you to be able to write and prophesy these kinds of things. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to be sent to bring to our remembrance everything that he said. How can he bring to your remembrance something you never heard him say because you never read the Bible? We need to be in the word. Signs and wonders, God of miracles. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Johnny wrote this like Paul McCartney writes a song. You know, we're so sorry, Uncle Albert. We're so sorry if we cause you any pain at all. And then you're going like, the songs change that Paul McCartney wrote. And Johnny's writing in a similar way. And he's never heard McCartney, I don't think. Except when I'm playing it in retro night, which is every night for me. But anyway, here upon the, here upon the earth for your glory, God. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Wow. I'm just sitting there bawling. Oh, God. Lord, I understand chaos. I created. <laughs> How many have created some chaos in your time? Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Let's see, where do we go from here? Here upon the earth as it is in heaven. And so, it's, it, so when, as I was watching this, I thought, Wow. How do I, how do, you know, why would I vote for that song? Because it's like a complete master's course in prayer. Lord, you, you're the God who's here. You are Ishmael, the God who hears and sees, right? That's what the name Ishmael means is the God who, who sees or the God who hears. Wow, cool stuff. That's not what we're talking about. Today's Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, I'm just going to let you know that New England's going to win. And, and, and that's, that's because they're highly unpopular. And why are they highly unpopular? Because they win. And it's like my life. Look at Glenn's leaving right now. Hey, Glenn. Just... Just because the Seahawks aren't there, come on, it'll be next year. They'll be back. Okay. But anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl today, and I'm going to have fun. But you know that there's a lot of violence that happens on Super Bowl Sunday. People start drinking beer, and, uh, you know, then they slap their maid around, domestic violence. Give it up. It's a game. You know, 
I'm not even worried about the $5,000 I, I, I bet <laughs> on New England. <laughs> I have confidence. I've given money in the victory offering. <laughs> I'm covered. I don't bet. Risk in my life is driving through the, the Walmart parking lot. There, that's the, that's the highest form of risk that I take. We have a team up in Seattle right now uh, doing a Microsoft show. It's a neat thing that we've had over the years is uh, being able to send uh, interns and, and, and some staff people to go up and, and they work for Microsoft and so they're gone for about a week. We just pray for them. God is good. We're transitioning into a new series right now uh, called Meet Jesus. Meet, how many of you know we need to meet Jesus? We need to know the Lord. We need to know God. When we look back at our various relationships that we've had through our life, uh, we find that there was usually an initial meeting that took place. Now, the one relationship, or maybe several of them, that it doesn't work that way is birth. A baby doesn't, like, you know, come out and, and go, they're kind of oblivious, you know, mom, dad, and their siblings. So when you're born into a family, you never know anyone but the family. And in the initial creation, Adam and Eve were, were, were made directly by God, and uh, all they ever knew was, was Father God, and it was a great relationship until the fall. And the fall brought separation between God and man. And so, so God has been helping us to know who he is and to meet the Lord, to meet Father God, meet the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. So when we look back at our relationships, think about initial meetings that, that take place. You, we meet as strangers. We are introduced by someone or we introduce ourselves. How many of you ever are bold enough just to come up and introduce yourself? Yeah. I've done that a number of times. Hi, I'm Steve Schmelzer. It's hard to even pronounce my last name myself, much less try to get them to do it. <laughs> Sounds like marbles in the I'm Steve Schmelzer. <laughs> so we introduce ourselves, or we're introduced, we exchange names. Uh, Dale Carnegie, that wrote the uh, book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, said this, that being able to recall people's names is a huge key of bridge building. You know their name. Hi, how are you doing, Margie? How are you doing, Fred? Remembering the name. We exchange names and then we converse. Some introductions are for, or for, for the purpose of business. You know, you really don't necessarily need to pour your heart completely out to the guy selling you an iPhone at, at Best Buy. He may not be able to really give you the best counsel. That might be good to go to your counselor, connect leader, pastoral help, or your psychiatrist, your electroshock therapy person, <laughs> or barber, whichever comes first. And some, some, uh, some uh, introductions start as casual. Some of, some of my deep business relationships. One of them is 
a friend of mine by the name of Russ Grimm. Russell and Anita Grimm have, become my, have been my friends for 20-some years, and uh, they own Mountain Music, and we used to buy equipment for sound equipment. And, and so I, I, I went in and in the late 80s, the mid to late 80s, and I started buying from their store. Pretty soon, I was the chaplain of their business. They had a cup for me, and I'd walk in to see Russell. He'd say, is it business or is it pleasure? I said, just, I just came in to just spend time with you. He said, grab your cup, fill it up with coffee, sit here behind the counter. He told the employees, watch the store, and we would converse. Other times I'd walk in, and he'd say, is it business or pleasure? I'd said, it was business. He'd get up, and he said, he said, well, let's go through the store. Tell me what you want. Tell me what we can do. So what started as a casual business relationship began to be a friendship, and we love each other to this day. And some relationships, they start in what seems to be such a thin line of relationship. How about the ones that start with a name? And you end up marrying her. I met my beautiful wife, Kim, at a wedding. It was, the Lord was trying to put two destinies to merge. And so he arranged a perfect dumping. I was engaged to a girl in Portland and she trash canned me. She rejected me. She red shirted me. She vomited me out of her life. She trashed me. She humiliated me. I'm not bitter. I'm better. And I had been in a wedding a few months before. A, a kid that I barely knew from Los Angeles area, from Claremont, California. He was serving as a youth pastor up in a church that was an affiliate church up in Roseville Citrus Heights area of California and another friend of mine from Bible College in Portland had moved there and and so uh, the the guy I had met Alan was getting married and he was marrying a girl from Shiloh Church in Oakland California and so he asked me to be in his wedding and I flew down for the wedding and I am seated next to this little oriental girl by the name of Kim Kofaro and I'm introducing myself. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm from Bible Temple, therefore I know everything about everything that relates to spiritual stuff. I didn't actually say that. That was just my attitude. Cocky, 25-year-old, soon to be humiliated. And so I, I introduced myself. She said, I'm Kim. And when Kim is shy or embarrassed, her eyes squint. And I thought, I've got this. She's Oriental. <laughs> Hi. And a sweet little high voice. Hi, I'm Kim. I said, are you Oriental? She goes, no, I'm Italian. <laughs> well, open your eyes, Paisan, you know. That ain't the worst of it, neither. Well, there's more. Oh. So, you know, I, I thought she was sweet. And this, I was still connected or dating or whatever 
label your transaction. I think everyone on Facebook, no matter what your status, always put complicated. <laughs> if, if you're married, just put complicated. If you're single, complicated. Recently dumped, complicated. Never had any relationship in your life, it's complicated. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to preach today. I'm having too much fun. So I thought, she's really sweet. This is a wonderful girl. Now that I know that she's not, not going to serve me wonton soup, you know, she's... <laughs> I thought she was precious, even when she was Chinese for like five minutes. <laughs> I'm not being racist. I don't know what I'm being. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, that's it. So, before we left, I thought, well, you know, so many people travel through Portland and, and, uh, you know, I was used to friends from, it's just been my life, all my life. I have friends and guys from Medford would come up and they would ask to crash in the apartment I had in Portland. And, and not that I was expecting that she would do that, but I wrote down my, my phone number. And I thought, no, I'm not going to ask her for her phone number because that would be like, okay, implication that I want more relationship. So I was thinking how to be nice to this really nice girl. So I wrote down, Steve Schmelzer, you know, 541245, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> you know, call soon. No, excuse me. And, <laughs> and I give it to her, and she said, thank you, and we went our way. Later, she says, when you did that, I thought you were a jerk. She thought I was a jerk because I gave her my phone number. We married, and 35 years later, her suspicions have been confirmed. Oh man. She wanted to open up the she wanted to open up the package and see is he really as bad as he initially looked? It worked. But God has really developed her. Look at the woman of God. She's she's in my weakness, God has developed Kim. Thank you. Yeah. That's why gals get together. To, you know, the, the Bible said, confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. Well, a lot of ladies, they get together and they conf confess their husband's faults to one another that they can be healed. Okay. Let's move on and get through the introduction. Through human history, God has been revealing himself and desiring that we would meet him and know God through his son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite songs in Christmas is Mary, Did You Know? That when you look upon your child, you see the face of God. Amazing that God did not leave us as orphans, but he's come to us. He's come and he's, throughout history, he's done these amazing things to say, hey guys, I'm here and I'm really not meaning to be silent. 
I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to elevate you. I want to lift you. I want to bless you. I want to strengthen you. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to build you. How many of you know that when you look into the face of God, you do not see condemnation, you do not see judgment, but you see the acceptable year of the Lord. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God was saying that. That's what Beth was prophesying. That's what Johnny's song we were singing. In my chaos, Lord, you're talking to me. But I'm going to get to know the Almighty God. And his kingdom will come. His will be done in this world and in my world. Come on now. I think the preaching's ratcheting up. Here at Joy Church, we are launching a brand new series looking at the wonder of who Jesus is. We will focus on seven key statements that Jesus made identifying himself as God and revealing a promise to us, his followers. Back in Exodus chapter 3, we see a story that I'll recount some of it just by telling the story a little bit and getting to the salient point when God begins to reveal his name to Moses. You see, things start with the name. I began to tell my friends, I met a girl, Kim Kofaro. I knew her name, and she's Italian. <laughs> Power of the name. We see a, a situation where Moses, Moish, means drawn out. Moses was drawn out of the water, saved by God for a purpose to deliver the people. He was to be the lawgiver. He was to be, to this day, in, in, in Jewish understanding, there's nobody that tops Moses. In African-American culture, check this out, no one tops Moses. Because Moses, for black people in African slavery, he was the one that was the deliverer of people from bondage, and they clung to him. And so we see that Moses was 80 years old at the time we're going to connect on the story. He was raised in Pharaoh's household, picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was schooled in the wisdom and the knowledge of Egypt, and he was a powerful man in speech and demeanor. And at 40 years old, he, he, he was, his wet nurse was literally his own mother. I mean, what a coincidence. You just have a baby, you're lactating, and, 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 and your, 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 your daughter tells the little princess that picked him up out of the water, oh, I know a wet nurse that could take care of the baby. And so Moses was raised by ostensibly two mothers, Pharaoh's daughter, who his, was his mother of public record as far as Egypt was concerned, and his biological mother who raised him and told that baby and told that little boy about their people, about their roots, about 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And at 40 years old, he, he comes and he steps in to intervene when he saw an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew. And he strikes the man and kills him. And the next day he goes out and he sees two Hebrews fighting and he stops the conflict and said, Don't, why are you fighting your brethren? And they said, well, you kill us like you did the Egyptian. And he flees up into the region of Midian, kind of somewhere between Saudi Arabia and southern Jordan. And he's out on the backside of the desert. And he finds love. He finds his wife, Zipporah. And he's just lost the dream. And he was being content to be a shepherd. And one day out there, he began to see a, a bush that burst into flame, which was not so unusual because some of the desert plants are so high in, in, in resin that, that they, they can actually ignite. But what made this so unusual was this bush was, would not burn up. And then a voice began to say, Moses, take off your shoes. The place that you're standing is holy ground. Wow. What an interesting way to introduce yourself. A burning bush and a voice. And he begins to say, listen, I'm going to send you to deliver the people. And Moses begins to try to dial down by what authority am I going to be able to go and tell the people that a, a Bush spoke to me and it wasn't George W. or George H.W. Bush either. As Jesse Jackson said, stay out the bushes. Look what happened last time we messed with them. It was 40 years in the wilderness. But Moses protested, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you they will ask me what is his name then what should I tell them God replied to Moses I am who I am I tell all my black friends we know that God is white because if, if he was black he would have said I is that I is And I know this goes everywhere, and all my black friends can see it. I think we need to lighten up on stuff, don't you? Yeah. Actually, we know that, that God is uh, lighter than white because he's invisible. He inhabits us all that call on his name. What is his name? What, sh what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Wow. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh or Jehovah, which means the self-existent one, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name. 
my name to remember for all generations. Now getting back to the Hebrew concept, and not only that, but many, many uh, nations uh, around, the, around the world, uh, they, they put significance in the name of their children. And uh, I met in Nigeria a Nigerian a Christian whose name was Precious. I, I met a Nigerian pastor who I think had started about 19 congregation in the persecuted zone where, where, where the Muslims intermittently will murder Christians and his name was Faithman, Mr. Faithman, Faithman. And so, so at a baby dedication and Nigerian culture, there's a great celebration and, 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 and sometimes dancing and feasting that might even go over a day or two or three days. And, and, and the, 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 the moniker, the name put on that child is indicative of, of destiny and of character and identification. The Hebrews were that way. Yeshua, Joshua. Jehovah is salvation. And, and when, when Mary was being uh, entertained by the Holy Spirit or by the angel to receive Jesus Christ and to birth him, they said, you're going to have a son, and his name is Yeshua or Joshua. Jesus is the same name for Joshua. Jehovah is salvation. And now think of it. Moses was hearing from a slave woman hearkening back to the time when they came into that land that they had been living in for about 400 years, still verbally carrying on the traditions of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of a sudden, this God, who seemingly had abandoned Moses as far as being a significant leader for the future, this God shows up and he said, now we're going to start doing some business. Is it business or pleasure? Since I'm going to give you a credit card, I want you to know what name will allow you to draw money from the ATM. And that name that I want to give you is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I love it when I have Jehovah's Witnesses knock on my door. Number one, I respect the Jehovah's Witnesses for their tenacity to take their version of the gospel. I don't slam my door on cultists. I do my best to show the love of God. And when JWs or Jehovah's Witnesses knock on my door, I tell them, I'm Jehovah's Witness too. Really? You know? I didn't know, I don't know you, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, I witness for Jehovah God all the time. And what makes me so excited is that Jesus is Jehovah. Tilt, put in another quarter, this pinball machine quit working. Because that's the error of the Jehovah's Witnesses. They do not see that this Jesus is Jehovah of history. But we're going to find in this series that Jesus seven times used the term I am. I love the French Bible, how it translates the word Jehovah, the name Jehovah. It's called Le Eternel, the eternal. 
In theology, we believe that God is the primary cause of nature, of the universe. He himself uncaused. Meditate on that. If you can figure that one out, you'll be able to figure out what's going to happen to to the falcons today. No, it's actually easier. Our human mind cannot fathom the concept because the things that we started, can I tell you the day the world started for you? It was the day you were born. Everything before you were born seemed like ancient history. I was born 10 years after World War II ended. 1955 was my birthday or birth year. 1945, we, we had victory in Europe and, and Japan. And so all of the older people, those people that, that when my eyes opened, all those adults had gone through World War II and they, that was their, their sphere of reference. And so in my lifetime, I, I, I observed as a, as, a, as a teenager Vietnam and all the other conflicts and things that we've been involved in. And so in my context, I'm familiar with guys that spent time in Nam and, 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 and the sociological environment that, that surrounds it. I was saying something, I think it meant a lot, but I lost it. The name. Something so significant in the name. The name Jehovah, Jehovah God. We're going to find out that Jesus claims seven times to be the I am, the the self-existent one. Let's pick it up where we look at at Jesus claiming that. Jesus was in a conflict with people as he's beginning to tell them the way of life. In John 8, 51, it says, I tell you the truth, Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. I want you to catch, if Jesus were merely a man, what man could tell other humans, obey my teaching, and if you do it, you'll never die. Would we call that man a delusional man? C.S. Lewis was very good at phrasing this question. That any man who claims to be the son of God (laughs) and isn't is on par with the man that says he's a poached egg. And he he challenges us in mere Christianity to, uh, to, to understand that we can reject Jesus or we can call him a demon of hell but to deny that he claimed to be the son of God. He never gave us that freedom. Jesus is going to state something that ties him to the eternal name of God. He who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? 
He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I, I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Man, Jesus, why don't you act more Christ-like? How many of you know that Jesus would nail you in, a, in, in an argument? I mean, you never get into an argument with a guy that can read your mind. <laughs> and knows your history. And was there at your, at your birth. Yeah. <laughs> I was at your birth. I saw that. The doctor delivered you and slapped your mama. You know? <laughs> I would be as great a liar as you, but I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. (laughs) He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Wow. For a Hebrew, they grew up going over and over and over and over and over with the theme of Moses said, I am that I am. In other words, I exist for my existence. <laughs> and, 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 and Yahweh, Jehovah, is, comes from that same root word of I am. If you do a study on I am, it's not all divine. It talks about existence. You know, something that exists. And that's what's so interesting to me about people who think they, they want to pull you into an evolutionary conflict. And, and I, I, I say, I don't know, you know, I kind of lean a little bit towards microevolution. I think there's been change in species as through, uh, you know, genetic mutations and sports and stuff, but I don't believe in, in, uh, in, in cross-species evolution and la 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 and they want to go into all this stuff. And I said, but see, we still have a big problem. Where did the building material that could go bang, where did it come from? And, and what, what they'll say is, they will say, matter am. Matter is self-existent. I said, oh, we both believe in the same God. No, no, no. I, I'm scientific and you're not, you're unscientific. I said, no, no, actually, I'm more scientific because... For matter to be self-creating, that's a greater stretch of faith than that there was a self-existent God, he the primary cause, himself uncaused, who spoke and brought matter, which if you look at what matter is, it's basic pulsating orbs of energy. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. What is God? God is pulsating energy with absolute keen intellect and impeccable character. 
And we know that the worlds are framed by the word of God. And that's why it wasn't so strange when Jesus could walk through a wall because we found out that cells and atoms and, and an atomic uh, construction is not near as rigid as you might think. There's space in between. I am. The humanist. Who's your Jehovah? Who's the one that's always been there? Material. Matter. No. I will never believe that a rock pondered that it was in its best interest to start using a brain. We have not, you know, we have not improved from apes. We were made in the image and nature of God. There's a huge chasm between most people and a dolphin. I have met people that are dumber than a dolphin, but not everybody, okay? Okay, you just want to get on with your hot dogs and Super Bowl. Okay. Jesus is saying before Abraham was even born, I am, I am, I exist. Say, I am. Say, I exist. Always been. That's for the Canadians. I am, conjunction, that I am. Which, which, which one are you? Among the gods, define who you are. I am, that's he's, why he's the Lord above all other small g gods. There are many power zones out there. There are Lucifer, Satan. He, he has been given freedom to operate his dark kingdom for a period of time, and then his license is going to get pulled. Humans, many of them out of compliance to the will of God and the love of God. They will live as lords of their own life, then their license will be pulled. But the I am, that I am, Yahweh, Jehovah, which means the self-existent one, says you exist because I exist. You live because I live. I exist. That's why coming to him, meeting Jesus, we pass from death to life. We go from grubbing around and trying to manipulate matter or schemes or hustles or flimflams. And we, we begin to find the one that says, I breathe existence. I am. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am, I am, I am. I am everything you need. I am the resurrection and the life. That's why we can... That's why we can put in our songs. We worship you, almighty God. Chuck Norris bows before the living God. He's a Christian. And all other humans bow before Chuck. <laughs> Come on, are you happy today? I feel super Sunday. Super Sunday. John. So here's Jesus. I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Why did the Jews so quickly? Because that was the sin of blasphemy. A man calling himself God. Our society still tries to stone Jesus. 
Our flesh, your flesh, my flesh, still hates Jesus. What's the battle that you and I face? Who's going to be your God? Is it you? Will, you? will you masquerade your own lawlessness under the name of Jesus? Jesus is just here to help me. That's part of the truth. But Jesus is here to be the I am, to bring this world back into oneness where all things are ordered. Aren't you glad that the planets haven't gone rogue? and spun out of their orbits that God gave them. Aren't you glad that the tides stay? It's, it's the moral universe that's gone chaotic. When, when think of the stupidity of the devil, the chief of the three archangels, of all the created beings, the, only he was under God and couldn't be satisfied with his station. And every time that we protest our lot in life and we protest and this and that, what we're doing is we're shaking our fist and saying, I want to be the self-existent one. I want to be captain of my own life and admiral of my own destiny. And I want to tell you something. I know where I come from. I'm glad to be merged into the love of God. I'm glad to know that somebody before I was ever born had already paid a price. And so when, when, when June Schmelzer birthed a, a kid in 1955, February 12th, yes, maple bars are welcome. With my mom and dad loving me, there was a God saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal myself to him. He's going to go into the waters of baptism and he's going to receive the Godhead name. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I baptize you into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, Joy, but it brings me joy to know that we're not in, in, integrating with just a mighty. We're, we're, we're dealing with the Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Paul said this. He said, we don't yet see Satan underfoot. <laughs> Paul thought it was going to happen a lot sooner. I think our disobedience may have created a breach of performance a little bit. But Paul and a lot of guys that trafficked with him, they were so obedient, they felt they were going to trample Satan shortly. And God says, no problem, Paul, we'll get it done. It might take a little longer than you can see. But there's going to come a day when we will see the Almighty clothed in the tent, the tabernacle of God, Jesus. And he's going to say, everybody out of the pool, rent is due. And time as we know it will we'll trans." for into punishment and or reward based on who you are and what you've done. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The word was I am. How many of you know Jesus is the word? <laughs> John 1:14 So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love 
and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Revelation 1, 17 through 18, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, and the living one. I died. <laughs> and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. He that believes in me will never die. The only hell believer that you will ever face, you're already walking through. And the only heaven that the unbeliever will ever know is on earth. I'm telling you, coming to Jesus is the wisest investment you'll ever do in your life. Because no matter if you lose your life, like 90,000 people around the world lost their, their life for the sake of Jesus, direct killing because they were Christians. 90,000. There, there are more martyrs, martyrs in the last century and the early part of this one than in all the centuries before. There, the enemy knows his time is short. But let's say that you happen to be one of those people that are marked down, marched down near the Mediterranean Sea with 19 others singing hymns. You just happen to be a Coptic Christian that never even attended joy, but loved Jesus with all your heart, and knowing you're going to die, you're singing hymns, and will not recant your faith. Let me just say this, that every martyr, there is, an, there, there, there is the Jesus to receive them and the angels. And the blood of the martyrs cry out, and someday, time's going to be over, and the I am. Jesus is going to come, no longer as the Lamb of God, but as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. No longer as a servant on a donkey, but he's going to come as a faithful and true riding on a white horse. And ten thousands of his saints are going to come. And Phil Driscoll has already said he'll be riding with them because he sang it. I'll be riding with him when he, when he comes. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing that will be as awesome and ugly and devastating is the coming of Jesus Christ because he is going to kick over the tables to make the last two that he did look like Sunday school. I don't know about you, but I have confidence in this one I put my faith in. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The first. <laughs> we serve the God who was the first. He has always been and was present in our past. He's the last. He's our future. God is present in our future. He is in control and working all things together for our good. He's the living one. It means he's not, he's not taking a nap till the team gets everything ready, but he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Jesus is alive. He is with us in our everyday. Could we stand up? I, I believe that this word from the Lord today is better than the Super Bowl. Enjoy it too. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to say let's just skip the Super Bowl and do the work day today, which proves we're not a cult, right? Anybody stirred up by the word? Stirred up? I think believers need to have a little bit of swag. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about pride. 
sometimes I hear people say dumb things about God, dumb things about the Holy Spirit. And many times, especially if I overhear it in public, I don't just jump in. But I'm not ashamed of God. I'm ashamed of my behavior. I'm ashamed of maybe some of my history, though in prayer that all goes away too. God is not the problem in this earth. We have engaged the enemy and discovered it was we. Every day that you live, my friend, you are, you are tying in with le eternal, with the I am, that I am. Which, which I am is it? That one. That I am, that I am, Yahweh, Jehovah, the self-existent one, the one who sent forth his son, born of a woman in the fullness of time, born under the law that he might convey away our sins. That one that came to us in the face of Jesus. I don't know if God's done enough for me. Come on now. You didn't read the book. Like David, everything is there to build our lives, to build his church. We gotta run in and worship God. We need to meet Jesus. I wanna tell you something, if you fall in love, not with a fabricated cultural Jesus, Jesus is being preached in a lot of very interesting ways, but the Jesus that I know was tied with the heart of the Father, and he came to get a job done, and that was to bring many sons into glory. And you and I, what we're called to do is acknowledge him. What are the works that you're to do? You're to believe in him that God has sent. Could we get our hands up? By raising of your hand, you're saying, I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in Father God that sent him. If you've never called on the name of the Lord and you'd like to receive Jesus, I'd like you to slip out of the crowd and come down here and join me. We're gonna pray a prayer to receive Jesus. I don't mind people that just get hit with, man, I need God. Some people say, well, it might be an impulse. Good, that's a good impulse because many of us, we followed impulses in the world and it didn't lead to a good end. Sometimes it led to child support, right? It's okay to ponder becoming a Christian. It's also good if you feel like, wow, I, I, I get it. Jesus is God. I need God in my life. I can't take away my own sins. I can't change my own behavior. Only he can take away my sin. If you're here today and you'd like to join God, slip out while we pray with the rest of them. Because I'm going to pray with all of these Christians here that this is a part of our worship. Can you feel that pride in your God? Can you feel that swell up in your chest? Yes! Yes! King of kings and the Lord of lords, the self-existent one, the almighty, he's my God. Hands up, let's pray this together. Dear Father, I know that you're the creator of the heavens and earth. That Father, at creation, the Holy Spirit 
was, was moving. The Bible said that he was moving or brooding over the face of the earth. And the word spoke. You spoke the word. We see the Trinity in creation. In the midst of time, you surprised Moses. Said, it's time for name introductions. I am that I am. I'm the self-existent one. I am Jehovah. Yahweh, your God. And then you sent Jesus in such a plain package. And we found it was your son housing the fullness of the Godhead bodily was in Jesus. We worship you today, Jesus, not as a man, but as Jehovah God. Before Abraham was, you existed. You are the Alpha and Omega. I want to not only meet you, Jesus, but I want to follow on to know you. Change my heart. Change my mind. Renew me in my thinking. Put that joy in my heart. Put that lightness in my step. That little bit of swag. Not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not ashamed of the God in whom I believed. You're changing my life, dear God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'm, uh, I'm all wound up. I could go, go longer. Thomas is going to give an announcement, and elders and leaders down here pray for you. Uh, if something bothers you weekly, come get prayer for it weekly. You know, whether it's arthritis or gout or whatever, diabetes. That's why we're here. We're here to pray. And we're not wearied if you keep coming and saying, man, it's me again. I'm praying on the same things. Let's pray till we win. Awesome. So at this time, you can come get some prayer if you'd like it. We don't have any special announcements, but if you want any information on any of the events we have coming up with the Activate Conference, the Church Workday Music Meeting, make sure to head out to the info booth. And at this time, you are dismissed. Have an awesome Sunday. We'll see you next time. Just to be close